Take your Bibles and turn with me tonight to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. Luke chapter 19. Let's look at something tonight that, and begin to try to put a couple things together for us and, and help us to see where we're at in this day and time and what God's plan is in our lives, in your life, my life, every, every, every one of us. Though there may be at times, there may be different things that the Lord calls us to do and opens certain doors for different people, there are some things that the Lord is looking to do and desires to do in each of our lives that is the same. Luke, uh, Luke chapter 19, and we'll begin reading in verse 11. <clears throat> Let's back up to verse 10. It says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. As they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem, because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. Let me stop right there for a moment. He's talking about, and he's using a reference here, that is really what he's talking about, he himself as the nobleman. And come going, he came, and, and then this parable is that he left, and uh, then he comes back. And what we see here is a, a picture of the return of Jesus Christ. And he's dealing with this, laying it out in a parable for him. And, says, uh, and he speaks parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a messenger after him saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. He said unto him, Well, thou good, and good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a, in a very little, have thou authority over ten cities. The second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. And he said, Likewise to him, be thou also over five cities. And another came, said, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. For I feared thee, because thou art an astir man. Thou takest up that thou layest not down, and reapest that thou didst not sow. And he saith unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee. Thou wicked servant, thou knewest that I was an austere man, taking up that I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore then gavest not thou the, my money into the, into the bank, that at my coming I might have required mine own with ursery? He said unto him, he said unto them that stood by, take from him the pound, and give it to him that hath ten pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds. For I say unto you that unto every one that hath shall be given. And from him that hath not, even that he hath shall be taken away from him. 
But those mine enemies which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me. This whole thing here is really a picture of the return of Christ. He's gone to his kingdom. He's in heaven right now. He's gone. If you remember, he told the disciples, he said, I, I go away to prepare a place for you and, and I'll come again to take you to where I am, that where I am, there you may be. But he's talking about going away to prepare a place. He's went to, the, to heaven to prepare a place for you and I. This is a picture. He's the nobleman. He has also given his servants, which is those who know Jesus Christ their Savior, that which he wants us to use. There in, there in verse 13 it says, And he said to his ten servants, Deliver them ten pounds. Or he, I'm sorry, he, and he called his ten servants, And delivered them ten pounds, and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Occupy till I come. I like to preach the message, Occupy is more than just being here. Occupy is more than just being here. Let's pray. Father, we come to you and we ask now that you meet with us tonight. We need the presence of God. We need the hand of God to challenge our hearts. Lord, we didn't come just to hear some verses and just to say, oh, that's good. But Lord, we come that you might speak to our hearts, that you might challenge us, that you might draw us closer to you. Lord, that we might be challenged. Lord, it, it, it's my desire that the Word of God would challenge my heart. And also not my heart, but the heart of every person under the hearing of the preaching of it. Have your will and way, Lord, I pray in the preaching of thy word, and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. I want us to kind of stop and take an account of why we're here. You see, the Lord has a purpose in all that he does, and he desires to use each of us for his honor and glory. And I believe that sometimes we lose sight of that and we just kind of go through life without the understanding that God has a purpose in our lives. I mean, a, a divine purpose for each individual, not for us just to maintain, not for us just to stand here and just be here until he calls us out of here. These, these are truly, I believe with all my heart, I, I believe with all my heart that these are truly the last days. Uh, the night we went up to uh, Brother Gibson's uh, at Huntsville, and, and Brother Sam Davidson was preaching there, and, and uh, he made the statement even. He said, he said, I believe we're in the last days. He said, in fact, he said, I believe we're in the last of the last days. The last days of the last days. And I believe that that's true. I think we're getting close. I think we're getting close for that nobleman to come back, which is Jesus Christ. And so I, I believe that we need to be busy and, and doing what he has told us to do. We find here that the nobleman told them what to do. And we find that some did and some did not. Consider, first of all, what is occupy? What is occupy? There in verse 13, he says, Occupy till I come. The nobleman, which is, as I said, the picture of Jesus Christ, called ten servants. He called ten servants to him. And he said, Give unto them ten pounds. So he gave ten pounds. He gave a pound to each person, every servant. He gave that to him, and he said, I, I want you to occupy till I come back. And so what we need to understand then is what the, is the occupy? What is the occupy? Well, if you look it up in the Webster Dictionary, it kind of engages different things with it. One is to engage the attention or energies of uh, like those who may be occupied with a game. They're paying attention to it. 
Some said, some may be to take up or uh, a chair and sit in it like you're sitting here. You're occupying a chair. You're sitting there. There's other explanations of it. One is to perform the functions of an office like a president would occupy that office. He has the duties of that president to do in that place. One is to reside in as an owner or a tenant. But I believe if you go to the Greek, and I'm not one of those that just always run to the Greek for everything, but it does give us some understanding that goes a little bit deeper. The word that has been translated into our English word that means occupy, I can't even pronounce it, but it's pragmatomia. And what it means is to busy oneself with or to trade. To busy oneself with or to trade. And I thought that to be interesting. When we think of occupy, we think about taking up space. And yet the word that was used here in the Greek was that is to busy oneself with the duties of that position or to trade, to work, to gain to, uh, uh, money, you might say. So it's much more than just taking up residence and waiting for the nobleman to come back. He said, I want you to busy yourself with what I've given you. It's to busy yourself with the job at hand where you've been placed and to take care of that which you are placed in charge of. He said, that's what real occupying is, is to busy yourself with the duties that are at hand in the place that I have placed you and take care of those and, and stay there until I come back. And so the nobleman said, I'm giving you each a pound. And I want you to take it. I want you to occupy. I want you to trade. I want you to busy yourself with that which I have given you. I want you to use it. I don't want it just to sit around. I don't want you to just sit around. I want some action out of you. I want you to do something with what I've given you. And so we take this as a picture of the return of the Lord. And he's preparing. He's gone back home to heaven. He is the nobleman. He has went to the kingdom that he has prepared. But he's coming back for those who are his servants. That would be you and me if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. We are his servants. And so he's coming back. But when he left, we, he told us, just as he's telling us here, to occupy, to busy ourselves with that which He has given us, and to trade, to do something with what He has given us. You see, each of us has been given a task. We've been given the same task, to be honest with you. I realize that in that same task, it may have different offices. It may have different areas in which we do some of these things. For instance, not, not everybody has been called to pastor not everybody has been called to, to go to the mission field. Not everybody has been called to do certain things. But everybody has been called to do the same thing in many respects. Look at verse 13. It says, and he called his ten servants. And notice here, he delivered them ten pounds. He gave them all the same thing. And he gave them all the same instruction. He said, occupy till I come. It would be like me going down here and giving Hunter 
uh, uh, $50, given Levi $50 and given Ronnie $50 and given Jonathan $50. And I say, okay, fellas, I want you to take that and I want you to do something with it. And here's what I want you to do with it. I want you to increase that. I want you to do something with it. And I'll be back to check on it. And I come back and, <clears throat> and some have, have increased it and some have not. That's what the problem is today. The Lord has told us to occupy, to busy ourselves with the job that's at hand until He comes back. He's placed us here for a reason. You're not here by mistake. Look at verse 15 and 16. And it came to pass that when He was returned, having received the kingdom, that then He, com he commanded these servants to be called unto Him to whom He had given money that He might know how much every man had gained by trading, by trading. He said, I want to know what you've done with it. I want to know what you've gained out of it. But notice that he brings them into an account there. Then came the first saying, Lord, thy pound. Notice again, the servant says, it's not mine, it's yours. That was your pound. Can I tell you something right now that anything that I have anything about me is not mine. It belongs to the Lord. What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own. For you've been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and spirit, which are God's. He said, then came the first saying, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. All ten received the same amount, and all ten received the same command. You see, we get this idea that the one that's supposed to be busy in the church is the preacher, the deacons, the Sunday school teachers, the bus workers, those who are involved in, in the music. And sometimes we think, well, I don't have anything to do. Or sometimes we look at it and say, well, I'm not a preacher, I'm not a Sunday school teacher, so I don't really have anything to do. Or some may say, well, I may be a Sunday school teacher, but I really don't have anything to do. That's the preacher's job. Can I tell you something? That the task is for all of us. Every single one of us. We're to busy ourselves. We're to occupy. We're to trade. We're to do that which the Lord has given us. Each of us are given much of the same task. And here's the task. We're to spread the gospel. We're to spread the gospel. You see, it would be almost an impossibility for the preacher and for the deacons to reach everybody with the gospel in the area. Not impossible, but pretty close to it. And the fact is, is that every one of us have people that somebody else doesn't know. We have relationships with people that is different than the relationship that somebody else knows. I've often told people, sometimes what you have to do, you have to win people to yourself before you can win them to God. Because they've got to be able to trust you. They've got to see that it's real in your life. And so they're watching your life. There may be times that I'll go weeks Months and maybe over a year before I'll ever give the gospel to somebody. It depends on how the Lord leads. And the reason is, is because I want them to see that I'm real. I want them to see that I believe what I'm saying. And then they'll listen. And the Lord will open the doors for me at the right time. Sometimes it's not that way. Sometimes it's, it may be the first time that I meet them. But the Lord will lead us if we'll be open to that leadership of that. But we all had the task of getting the gospel out to this world. We all had that task. That is, what, that is part of what that, 
You might say the pound that's been given. That's, that's to spread the gospel. It, also, that task that's been given to us that the Lord has left for us to do is to magnify the Lord with our daily lives. People need to see Jesus Christ in us, folks. People need to see that there's something different. I'm not talking about something strange and weird. I'm talking about something different in your life. That they say, man, there's something about them. Every one of us have met somebody say, man, there's just something about them. And it ought to be something good. It ought to be something good that people see in our lives. We ought to magnify the Lord. Wherever we're at, whatever we're doing, we ought to bring uh, <clears throat> the Lord into, into the situation and, and magnify Him and, and glorify Him and, and brag on Him and, and praise His name and, and let people know that we love Him and that we follow Him. That's part of the task that's been given to us, being faithful to the things and the work of the Lord is for all of us. We're to occupy, we're to busy ourselves with these things. You might call these the 10 pounds, the pound that's been given to you and me to spread the gospel, to magnify the Lord in our daily lives, to be faithful, to do the things in the work of the Lord. There may be, as I said, different avenues by which the Lord has us to accomplish these things. It may be in your life, it may be that you're a note writer. And you write notes and encourage. It may be that, that you're good about striking up a conversation with somebody. It may be in another area that He uses you to do these things, but uh, it's still the same task that's being accomplished for the Lord to get the gospel out, to magnify the Lord, to follow the Lord and do that which is pleasing unto Him in the work of the Lord, to be faithful to it. The purpose of a branch that is connected to the vine is not to just be in the vine, but to grow and to bear fruit. That is the purpose of that branch. That vine of itself grows out there and the branches come out of it. And on those branches is where the fruit grow. John 15, we're so familiar with it, but in verse 7 and 8 says, If ye abide in me, that's being there, and my words abide in you, that's the Spirit of God working in you, Ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done for you. But notice what it says in verse 8. It says, Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. And, and so it's the undertaking, the understanding of occupying the, and the task that is given while we occupy. We're here, but there's a job to do. We're here. And there's a great task to, be ha to take place. We're here and we've been given something. And the Lord says, I want you to use what I have given you. And that is those things, and I'll cover them in a minute, that will bring honor and glory to Him. We're to occupy. We're to busy ourselves. We're to trade that in such a way, you might say. And so there's that which He desires for us to do with our lives. Notice, here with me in that there was an expected gain for the nobleman as they occupied. Look at verse 15. The latter part of that, he, well, let me back up. And it came to pass when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants and so to be called unto him. Why did he call them? He wants to find out something. He's expecting something. 
to whom he had given the money. And notice what he expects, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. He said, I want to know what you did with what I gave you. Do you realize that there's coming a rapture of the church? When we're raptured out of here, we're going to have the marriage supper of the Lamb. We'll be in the presence of the Lord. And we are going to be judged not by sin, because that's not the blood, but by our works. And rewards will be given. The Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that He's Lord. It also says that every one of us shall give an account of what we've done in this body, whether it be good or whether it be evil. And so there is that reckoning time, just as this man, this nobleman comes back, he says, bring them before me. I want to know what they did with what I gave them. Do you realize the responsibility that every one of us has? Because every one of us, he has given us. And he says, I want to know what you did with what I gave you. He says, I want to know what you did with that which I asked you to do. And so there's an expectation. This really wasn't an optional request to gain upon that pound which was given to them. This was an expected, reasonable service. He expected it, and it was reasonable. If, if you gave me, <clears throat> if you said, listen, I'm going away, and I know you've got some business and, and different things, and you did this and you do that and everything. Here's, here's, here's uh, $50,000. I want you... To invest it, I want you to use it, trade, buy, sell, whatever you got to do. I want you to increase it. I said, okay. When you come back, you're going to want to know what I did with your $50,000. You're going to want to know what type of return you got out of it. And let's be honest, you're going to expect a greater return than just the $50,000. If you go down here to the bank and you say, I want to put money in a money market. You can get more interest on a money market than you can a CD. You can't get much on either one of them, but you can get more on a money market. And let's say you have $10,000, you open a money market, you put the money in the money market. You expect to get some type of return. If the statement comes around at the end of the month and you look and there is no return on it, you're going to go to the bank and say, wait a minute. I'm expecting a return on my money because a money market is this. They're using your money to make money. Don't ever think that they're just there to help you. 
It's called a business. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a business. A bank is a business. And Aaron's over there, and she's, she's, she's saying, oh, yeah, I'm going, I'm going shopping. <laughs> no, it's a business. And so you expect, because it's, it's, it's guaranteed, they give you a guarantee on a money market that you're going to receive this amount of interest. And if you don't receive any, you're going to say, wait a minute, why did I not receive something for that? You expect it. When the Lord looks at your life and He looks at my life, He says, wait a minute, I expect you to produce something for me. I expect you to give me something out of my investment in you. You realize that you are an investment? What? Oh, yeah. You're an investment. I'm jumping ahead in my message, but the Lord invested His own Son's precious blood in your life and soul. He invested more in you than He'll get in return. But He expects a return. He expects something out of us. You know, sometimes people won't do any... I mean, if there's nothing expected, that's what you get. And so the Lord says, I'm, I'm coming to ins- inspect and to expect something out of your life. And it's only a reasonable service. In fact, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, 2, says... He tells us there, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He said, I'm not even asking you to do something unreasonable. He said, I just want to get something out of your life because I've invested a lot in you. Even our Lord and Savior did the bidding of the Father while He was here, setting an example for each of us. In John 9, verses 4 and 5, says, I must work the works of Him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. He said, otherwise, He said, while I'm here, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something. He said, I'm not going to sit idly by. He said, I'm going to be the light. In John chapter 4, and verse 34, He also says, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of, the, of Him that sent me and to finish His work. Do you realize that when Jesus left here, He handed you and I the rest of the work? And he says, Occupy. 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 Otherwise, take what I've given you, trade it, and busy yourself with it. Because I might get a return when I come for you. That there might be a profit for which I will receive because of what you did with what I gave you. You see, an investment of that which was given was also expected. Not only was he, he expected them to give an account, but he expected them to invest. The latter part of verse 15 says that he might know how much every man gained 
He's talking about gain by trading. Gain, not just the same amount. Gain by trading, otherwise getting involved, working and doing what they could with it. In verse 23 says, Wherefore then gavest not thou my money into the bank, that, it, that at my coming I might have required mine own with ursery? Excuse me. He said, listen, he said, you could have at least, the very least... He told the man that, that, that wrapped it up in a napkin and, and then returned the, the one pound to him. And, and he said, listen, the very least you could have done, if you were so afraid, he said, you could have done the, the least. And that was take it to the bank, let them put it up, and then they would give you interest on it. You know what? There is some least that the Lord looks for our lives. He said, you could at least live for me. Brag on me. Let others know that I love you and love them. Let others know, let them see in your life that you, you are a Christian. You see, the Lord made an investment in each of us. As I said, it was the precious blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. And he gave, he, when, when we have been given those things... You say, preacher, what was those things? Eternal life, hope, peace, joy, the presence of God in our lives by the Holy Spirit, blessings, the wondrous works of God, the Word of God that we hold, the time that we have here, a testimony. A church, the protection of God, the provisions of God. All of those we are to invest for the Lord. You see, if I have joy in my heart because of God, I'm supposed to share it. If I've got peace in my heart, I'm supposed to share it. If I'm saved, have eternal life, I'm to share with others my salvation. The testimony of it. The time that He has left me here to occupy, I am to use it for Him. The the provisions that He makes for me, that He loads me down with daily and takes care of me, I am to share that with others and encourage them the same. The blessings of God, I can share the, the blessings and on goes the list of all those things. And what I'm doing when I share those things, I'm making an investment in somebody else. You know what you do when you tell somebody how good the Lord's been to you today? You're making an investment. Do you know what you're doing when you invite somebody to church and you're excited about it and you say, oh, you just got to come to church and you'll love the singing. You won't care much about the preaching, but you'll love the singing. You're making an investment in a life, a soul. 
that could bring honor and glory to God. Do you know what you're doing when you tell somebody how the Lord's blessed you that day? You're making an investment in letting others know how good your God is to you. But all these things, that testimony, that time, that Spirit of God that dwells within you and guides you, you use that to make an investment in others. Here's what's so sad with many Christians. We take it. Oh, this is, this be good. What the Lord's given us. It's mine. His blessings, they're mine. His provisions are mine. That testimony, it's my testimony. The time, we're only here for a few years, it's mine. And I'm going to use it the way I want to. And yet what the Lord is wanting, is He's wanting us to share it. Let me tell you what the Lord did for me today. I shared it with him. Can I tell you what Jesus Christ did when he saved my soul? Well, back in 1975, my life changed. I'm not what I ought to be. But boy, the Lord saved me and changed me. Amen. And I'm making an investment. I walk off and leave it. It works in his heart. It works in his mind. I've invested my time, my testimony, my witness, and I've shared with him the most powerful thing in my life. I just made an investment. You say, well, preacher, what if you do that and they don't get saved? Not every investment has a return. It's called diversity. You invest here, you invest there, you invest here, you invest there, you invest here, you invest there, and you'll see a return. I imagine those men as they went out and the man that received five, uh, 10 pounds back, I doubt that everything that he did made money. But he was smart enough to keep investing and keep investing and keep investing and keep investing, and keep investing. And then when the Lord come back, He gathered it up. You know what? He didn't worry about the ones that didn't make it. He wasn't worried about that investment that fell through. But He seen the prophet. And He rejoiced and He brought the ten pounds plus the one pound. He said, thy one pound has made 10 pounds. So when he brought it, he brought 11. Think about that. He said, what do you mean, preacher? What, what are you getting at? What he invested, he didn't lose. 
You'll never lose the blessings if you invest them. You'll never lose the time if you invest it for the Lord. You'll never lose the provisions if you invest it for the Lord. You'll never lose the joy if you'll invest it for the Lord. You'll never lose, and I could keep on going, if you'll invest it for the Lord. Oh, how we need to realize that spiritually speaking, we're in the investment business. The Lord made an investment in each of us. We're to make an investment in others. We invest in the lives of others that there might be gain into the kingdom of God for His glory. And I'm closing. There's a reward for those who make the investment with all that the Lord has given them. Look at verse 16. It says, Then came the first, said, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful and a very little, have thou authority over ten cities. He said, well, I thought, I, 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 what, you, you want me to be in authority over Tennessee? I thought I was a servant. He said, yes, but now you are in authority over ten cities. The other one comes. He says, thy pound hath made five. He tells him that he done well, did good. He said, be thou in authority over five cities. And he rewards them for their investment. He rewards them for their work. He rewards them for their occupying, busying themselves in his place, doing what he would do if he was there. That's what we're supposed to do what Jesus would do if he was here. And by the way, he is. Amen. But he wants us to take that which he's given us. And he wants us to take that and invest it. But there's a loss if we fail to trade and invest that which the Lord has blessed us with. Look at verse 20. And another came and said, Lord, behold, here is thy pound which which I have kept laid up in a napkin, for I feared thee, because thou, hast, thou art an austere man. Thou takest up, and that, that thou layest not down, and reapest that thou dost, didst not sow. He saith unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest that I was an austere man, taking up, that I laid not down, and reaping that, I did not sow. Wherefore then, gavest not thou my money into the bank, and at my coming I might have required mine own with earthry? And he said unto them that stood by, Take from him the pound, and give it to him that hath ten pounds. And we could go on, and they question him, Well, Lord, he's got ten pounds. Why are you want to take that just the one pound from him and give it to him? And he's got ten pounds. The Lord says, because I'm interested in investments. 
The Lord invested in you and me. And he left us with that which we are to invest for him. And so what he said, he said, you didn't, you won't invest your joy. That's why you don't have any. You won't invest your testimony. That's why you never get one. And why you doubt your salvation. You won't invest your time. And you won't take time for me. Why should I take time for you? You won't invest the blessings that I give you. Why should I bless you? You won't invest the peace that I've given you. Did you ever wonder why you don't have any peace? He said, I'll take it away from you. If you won't invest it, if you won't use it, I'll give it to somebody that will. And that's why he gave it to the guy with the 10 pounds. You see, the Christian life, there's so much more to it and why we're here. We're not here just to take up space. We're not here just to sing some songs and go watch a ball game. And there's nothing wrong with watching a ball game. Right? It's not, I'm not saying that. But if we're not careful, all of our investment is in us. Our investment is to be in others. Because that's what's going to reap the return when the Lord comes back. You can choose the way you occupy. You can just take up space. Or you can busy yourself in trade. And invest for the Lord. And there's a reward for those who invest for the Lord. There's a great reward. He said, occupy till I come. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. Lord, there's so much more we could have added into that. But I think we understand that we'd use that which you've given us to reach others. That it might bring honor and glory to you. That you might be magnified. That souls might be saved to bring you that which you wanted invested in. Have your will way in our lives. Lord, help us to determine to truly occupy
too busy about the work to trade, to reach the lost, to magnify you, to do that which is pleasing unto you, that brings honor and glory to your name. For this we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me with your heads bowed, your eyes closed?